Hey guys, Tom Ulrich and Sean Quigley here from the podcast What's Going On Here? You can find us on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and TuneIn. And to get in touch with us, uh, just go to our Facebook page and leave a message or email us at what's going on here podcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, guys. And welcome, ladies and gentlemen, once again back to what's going on here. My name is Tomo Lovrick, and with me, as always, I have the young man who really needs no introduction. How's it going, Sean? Yeah, I'm doing pretty good. <laughs> doing, doing pretty good. Uh, you know, uh... Sean Quigley, ladies and gentlemen, the Quig. I, I kind of cut short his introduction. I don't know. I'm trying new things. I'm trying new things. It was refreshing. Yeah, it was pretty, yeah, you know. Abrupt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) New new ventures. New year, you know, a new new us. Yeah, trying new things. Why not? We're just coming off our our Star Wars special, so why not try something Uh new, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So so for those of you that don't know and haven't listened to our show before, we um, watch TV shows and movies that most people haven't seen or heard of. And we watch the middle 20 minutes and try to figure out what's going on. If it's a foreign language TV show, we turn off the subtitles, so we're really at a disadvantage. Yep. And then we also try to review local beers when possible and local eateries. So today, we're kind of got a little special thing going. The TV show is called Rookie Agent Rogue, and it's a a Chinese television show. Uh, However, in honor of the Olympics... Beer-wise, we decided to go a little international as opposed to just local breweries. Yes. So, um, we have a few beers on tap, and we, uh, we're picking beers that have of countries that have competitors in the current 2018 Olympics. And how, how did you do finding the North Korean beer? Did we find any North Korean beer? I, is North Korea even competing with it? Yeah. <coughs> it is? You didn't hear about that? Hmm. That's the... Um, that's uh, one of the overtures to to peace. Interesting stories of the uh, Olympics. They I didn't find I any know, North Korean beer, and it's probably full of uh, uh, <laughs> tapeworm if it is. So I I don't know any of the other. Uh, I'm not I'm not entirely sure of all the events that they are or are not. Uh, it might just be the one, but I know that they are. Um, what well, they're not strictly their own. It's even better than their they're a unified career. Oh, that's Korea right. Yes, yes, yes. I did read it, that, that they joined a the unified teams. career. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Um, and the only one I remember them mentioning was the women's hockey team. Okay. North Korea sent like three women down to join the South Korean women's hockey team for a unified Korean women's hockey team. Hmm. And they lost like the first two qualifying games. Oh. But they said like the third qualifying game would at, be at the Olympics. So they would get a chance to be at the Olympics. Although chances are they probably wouldn't qualify for the competitive right. rounds. Right, right, right. Guess what? Because you have three people that have been isolated in a country trying to become really good at something and then you put them with a bunch of other people that have been their enemies and now try and make them play together. And Yes. As romantic as it sounds, it's like, nah, they're just shit. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, so so today we're starting off with, I, I picked up four beers. I tried to get, again, countries that are competing. So I'm kind of leaving the U.S. out of it. The U.S. has the most competitors at the Olympics. I was like, eh, you know, we do U.S. beers all the time. So um, I picked for for this episode four of them. I don't know which one. We're going to do two for this episode. So we're going to start with the Japanese beer. 
and we're doing Kirin Ichiban, which is a macro brewery. It's a big, well-known, I guess, brewery in Japan, and it's a uh, um, it's a macro brewery, and it's located in Nakanoku, Tokyo. Mm-hmm. So if I butcher this to all our Japanese fans, I apologize. The pronunciation: five percent ABV, uh, eighteen IBU. But before we open these delicious ones, and then we'll choose later on in the show which other ones to go with. Um, we're also reviewing the Zendigi Kebab House in Closter, New Jersey. You had the gyro sandwich, yeah. Correct. Well, although I had recently, this should be pronounced hero. Hero. Oh, hero. 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 The proper Greek pronunciation is hero. Hero. But we're in the U.S. and it's gyro, and you get over it, you yeah. know. <laughs> you know, just like people all pronounce my name, Tomo. And it's like, ah. no, it's there's no diphthong. It, it's just, <laughs> it's really, it, it's kind of like, and forget about trying to pronounce my last name. So every time I hear it, I die a little inside. But, you know, it's <laughs> it's just like part of, okay, I'm, I'm an American now. You're just going to have to fucking get used to it. And that's why you'll see often yeah. people that come from other foreign-speaking countries, after generations, they change their name. They change how it's spelled so mm-hmm. that people can try and pronounce things <laughs> somewhat similarly. I didn't. Like my brother does. My brother and my dad, they have CH at the end of lo- oh, they do. Loverich. So oh. the, so that's at least Loverich. It's Lovrich, right? With the rolled R and the whole nine yards. I just put Lovrich. I spell it the way it's spelled in Croatian <laughs> with uh-huh. a little like little notch on the C uh-huh. to make it the ch sound, but like I said, nobody really. So every once in a while someone will pronounce it right and uh, I'll be kind of like a deer in headlights, completely caught off guard. And like, uh, yeah, that's me. That's yeah. interesting. So, yeah. I had a friend of mine, he was actually one of my groomsmen at my wedding, and I, to this day, I don't really know how his surname is pronounced. I went a good, like, five, six years, never having heard his surname ever said out loud. Okay. <laughs> it's this weird thing, and it gets to a point after a while of friendship where you're like, it would be odd for me to ask him <laughs> how his surname is pronounced, but I just never have heard it. We didn't go to school together, right. which is the only time you ever hear people's surname, or if you, like, do military service, or if, sure. I don't know, if you work together and you hear someone Someone's say the full name. Right, right, right. But if you don't do any of that, you're like, you never hear it. You just go by first names, but his surname is French. Uh-huh. And it's M A G E U T. Maju. Maju. Right. Could be, obviously, it was Magway. It could be Magay. Did you ever? Magway. I've not, I've done no, no, Ma- You Ma- still don't know? You I think I say, I think I resigned that it was uh, Magway, but it, probably not. I don't really know. Huh. Okay. Yeah. Fair. And what he did a, a couple of years ago, he said his own surname in passing, and I wasn't paying attention. <laughs> and and then I like, looked up like, like oh, oh, oh. <laughs> nice. <laughs> well, yeah. so you had the keto sandwich or the gyro sandwich. Yeah. I had the chicken kebab sandwich, um, and we'll review those like at the end, like we do at the end of every show. But right now, the important part of the show is trying the beer. Indeed. So, let's crack open these Kirinichi bonds, which, like I said, is a 5% alcohol ABV, uh, or alcohol by volume, and 18 IBUs, International Bitterness Unit. So, I will open one. It's actually quite popular in England. Are they? Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. I've seen quite quite a few uh, bars will serve. I've seen these. I've seen these in Sapporo and Asahi. Oh, what yeah, you yeah, see yeah. regularly. Sorry, yeah, that's yeah. quite big over here, yeah. Yeah, so, all right, well, to the Olympics and international cooperation. Cheers, my friend. Let's Indeed. enjoy this Japanese... Uh, 100% malt. 100% malt. And it says right here, brewed for good times. Brewed for good times. So let's have a good time, huh? 
All right. This is not bad. It's a very, this is, I, I would call, qualify this almost as a light beer. Yeah. No, it is. It's, um, it's interesting. I don't, I've, I've never had tested in a bottle before. I think I've had Ishiban in a pint. Okay. Um, and yeah, I always think of it as a premium lager. I always think of it as in most bars in, in, uh, in England, a lot of bars that won't serve this sort of tailor to where I'm from in England, which mm-hmm. is all like white shirts and blue jeans and, you know, lads on the lash. Whee! It's all, all the bars are very similar. It's kind of... Okay, so you guys to, are like pretending you're in Greece is what you're saying. Yes. Okay, very good. And it's all catering towards, um, seriously, where I'm, where I'm from, like you go out of an evening on Friday, Saturday night, the streets are just full of guys in white shirts, like untucked, blue jeans <laughs> and like brown, like loafers. <laughs> Just like walking the streets with, you know, with their watches and just be like, Wee, whoa, give us some love, Wee, show us your tits, Wee. Really progressive behavior. And all the, you know, girls in their very short skirts, oh, fuck off, fuck off, oh, fuck off, you fucking dick, yeah, you fucking dick smells, you prick. That's that's where I'm from. <laughs> uh, is that qualifier necessary? Yeah. Your dick smells. <laughs> I added that because I saw a documentary the other day where that was in it, and I thought that was really funny. That was it was quite a depressing documentary. Um, there's these little macro documentaries that I found on YouTube that I've now got really addicted to. Okay, that was with a Vice that do um, Vice News. They do yeah, yeah, sort yeah. of like between 15 minutes to I guess up to about. 45 minutes it sort of varies in length but it's usually about that uh, these macro document these micro documentaries of people that make these very interesting subjects but in a short you know it's not a lot it's not a documentary it's not a feature mm-hmm. it's um, but there was really interesting like you know subcultures and interesting things you didn't know about and cool you know going behind the scenes and that led me to another one that, that was a similar series it was a BBC thing that was about it was called the sex map of Britain Okay. And it was all these weird, I guess, like sexual subcultures within Britain and, and, and whatever else. And one, it was about these um, sex workers in Liverpool mm-hmm. working on this specific street in Liverpool. And the headline was like, the women who have sex for four pounds. <laughs> I was like, oh my God. <laughs> this is one street in Liverpool. Um, now, clarify something for me. I don't know if yeah. we talked about this before on the, on the show or not. Is prostitution legal in no. the UK? No, it's not. But the pro- the sex workers have like uh, benefits covered. No, <laughs> no, no. Well, I mean, we have the NHS, so everyone has benefits. Well, that's true. <laughs> but I thought, for, for some reason, I, I I thought I read somewhere that it's legal no. in some places. No, although there was one, there was one in the same series that said, uh, "Meet the women who work in Britain's legal red light district." Right, and. I didn't watch it, but I remember thinking, huh? Okay. As far as I know, it's completely legal. And we don't, it's not like America where we have laws that like, oh, in some part of America, this is law in other parts. It's not. In England, there's just blanket laws. Right. There's no like, oh, in this part, there is, in that part, there isn't. Well, that's because it's a unified country as opposed to all these states. Yeah. And so I really don't know what it is. So if there is something like that, then I think it's a, okay, a misnomer. I think it's just a mistake. Someone's confused like maybe there's just an area that the police force don't enforce it mm. by choice mm. because maybe it's 
there are big issues at stake, drugs, whatever. Maybe they're at the point where they're like, well, we've realized it's, which is probably true. We've realized it's better to us. It helps us more to, instead of just chasing down the prostitutes, right. chase the bigger problem. You know, we kind of don't go after them, but maybe it's probably an area where they stand guard and look out for them and make sure nothing happens mm. instead of just arresting them from the, maybe I feel like it's probably more like what's happened. Cause okay. a lot of these areas where you're not going to stop the, you're not going to stop the girls on the game. Right. And you're just going to chase your tail if all you're going to do is keep arresting them over and over again. Right, right, right. So, and this little micro-documentary was interesting. I said it was women selling sex by four pounds and all this, for crack. They're all off their heads right, on crack right, right, right. small, tiny roads. And there's this one girl that's chasing after them. There's this one punter who sounded Eastern European. Uh-huh. And he was like, she take my money. She no give me a service. His face was all blurred out. Uh-huh. And she's like, I give you service. The fuck off, mate. Your fucking dick stinks. <laughs> he's like oh, you give me my money back you bitch he's like fuck off me then give me your fucking money back fuck off it's not alright <laughs> <laughs> yeah which is it was a very sad documentary but it's very entertaining as well it's uh, I, I actually heard a story today just on the radio speaking of like the ills of drugs mm. and it bothers me a little bit we'll get to the show in a minute I promise you but th- this this was just horrifying what I heard. One of the guys uh, on the sports radio, his sister-in-law is a doctor, and she was telling her sister, the guy's wife, something that happened. He said, like, his wife was, like, really animated, like, on the on the phone, like, oh, my God, really? Did that really happen? Oh, my God, oh, my God. <clears throat> and so she comes downstairs, he was playing with the kids, and he's like, what happened? And she says, oh, and apparently the sister-in-law is a psychiatrist, so a 20-year-old hopped up on uh, meth, methamphetamines, take her own eyes out and eat them. <laughs> and, you know, this is one of the reasons why the whole, like, drug subculture, when I hear, you know, we're drinking beer here, right? Yeah. And everyone's like, oh, no, weed is, like, better for you than, like, booze. And it's like, listen, anything you're doing too much of is just stupid. Yeah. You know? Uh, and and don't get me wrong, I agree 100%. Weed should be legal. There's no reason why weed shouldn't be legal. In fact, you can have so many benefits making rope. It, it's a useful it's a useful crop, yeah. basically. Not just for smoking. It helps people with, you know, chronic conditions and whatever. Great. Let them have it. That's fine. I have no problems with weed being legal. But it's this whole undercurrent of, like, drug use that everyone celebrates. And I don't know if in the UK it's the same. But from what I've seen from people who come, and it actually surprised me when I worked with all the like Irish lads that work with me in the company, they couldn't wait to go on vacation in Colombia and get all that coke. And I was just like, what the fuck? You know, I was kind of yeah. like, all right, you know, they like to party or whatever, but I'm just like, really? Like all the co-? And coming from inner city, you know, America, New York City, seeing what all those drugs do, I was always turned off by it. Yeah. Like, I, I just like, no. It's like, I've never seen anything super beneficial. You know, and if the guy comes with a new fancy car, it doesn't matter because, like, within a year or two, he's either in jail or he's been shot dead. Yeah. So, you know, the fact that he drove by in a Porsche really doesn't tickle my fancy at all. It, it, it makes no sense to me. But it's this whole drug undercurrent, like, oh, no, stop being a prude. It's great. It's awesome. It's this and it's that. Uh, is it? A 20-year-old girl took her own eyes out and ate them. Yeah. I mean, what the fuck? 
Which begets a million other questions like, why didn't somebody tackle her when she took out the first eyeball? You know, it's kind of like, uh-huh. but, but you know, what people on meth, crystal meth, there's a reason why they call them speed junkies, you know? Yeah. Because they do it fast, they're super strong, there's, there's all these things that come from it. And, and this American subculture of drugs are awesome and drugs are this and drugs are And so like whenever they have the stoner movies, they're okay to a point, but it's when it's all about and nothing else is about the drugs and I just want to live and smoke the weed and do the drugs and blah, blah. And, oh, and he added another story. He said he was a kid when he was in school who bought some acid and decided to go down and shoot some hoops in, in like a public park somewhere, like shoot, play basketball. And he tucked the acid in his shoe. And of course, not thinking at all, because, you know, people that get into this stuff, they're not really usually the smartest ones. Because the ones that have like sort of a smart idea about how to do it and when to do it and where to do it, it's kind of like your Keith Richards's, you know, that do it just like in small quantities for 70 years yeah. and then go, you know, change out your blood in a Swiss <coughs> hospital somewhere as the rumor goes or whatever, you know. And... The acid, of course, leached into his skin, supposedly. Now, this is uh-huh. all allegedly. And he thought he was an orange and tried to peel his skin off. And so, so you hear these things and you're like, okay, you know what? This should be illegal. Uh-huh. This should be illegal. It's like, or, you know, legalize all the drugs, but you dispense them like a pharmacy. You get a pharmacist, you dispense them. Okay, yeah, you can have, you know whatever, a, a, a quarter of a milligram, because that's all you can handle. You know, yeah. it's like, do the testing if you want to do that. But this whole thing, I was like, no, it's just partying. It's like, oh, it's just a couple of bad, you know, alcoholics do so. Okay, alcoholics, yeah, I agree with you. It's too much. But I, I've never seen an alcoholic take his own eyes out and eat them or heard of it. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just... Yeah, I, I, it's a big, it is a big problem, and it's a big health problem. It's a big. Uh, that's, I mean, that's always the problem. We keep going over that, especially in this country. It's always that big old roundabout discussion of is it crime or is it health? Yes, is is it, it right? You know, and I guess it's easier in England because, like I said, with the NHS, we don't have to. The argument doesn't have to come up as much. You know, the people in charge and government, police, they don't have to have so much of an opinion on what's going on because health goes free. Right. So people can just go and get help for free if right. they need it, if they want it, if they right. choose it. Right. So it's a lot more on your own onus. Right. No one's like, why aren't you helping these people rather than arresting them? They're like, well, you know, they could go get help for free if they want to. That's right. fine, you know. So it's, but it's still a problem because people still, they rely on that. They're like, well, they could go to rehab for free anytime they want. They so won't. we're going to arrest them because they're not. <clears throat> it is a... It is not. I, I think it's going to become a big. I think it's. I think we're about to have a. It sounds like Trump's going to start another war on drugs, and he even said that he wanted to start another war on drugs recently. Which is, that, I mean, that's a whole. Lot, we, I could talk. We could talk about this for days. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. the policies and how awful they are, and the privatized jet prison systems and all this other crap, you know. But anyway, um, we're trying not to bring everybody down. But it, let's get back to rookie agent Rogue. Shall we? Yes. Okay. So, according to the description, this is a show set in 1937 China, and I guess it's um, trying to find spies within... So, uh, uh, the story is, some young woman gets arrested mistakenly and then forced to hang out with her friends to try to find out who's a spy, I suppose, for the Japanese. 
because it's uh -huh. 1937. So our middle 20 minutes opens up on uh, uh, a young lady kind of dressed almost a little bit like Popeye, right? With, with the little <laughs> hat and the little like sailor shirt kind of and, and yeah, the baggy like pants. Duck. <laughs> yeah, a little bit like Donald Duck, right? right yeah, yeah, but it, it doesn't look bad. It's yeah. it's, a, it's a nice outfit and everything. Pretty young lady, and um, there's three guys, and they just basically they're on a ship somewhere, traveling, um, and they 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 have her basically captured, and she's struggling and and yelling at them and whatever. And the one guy has sunglasses on, and he's smoking a cigarette, and it's all very cool, and he's got like a terracotta suit on yeah which was kind of like odd he has the gun pointed on her the gun doesn't quite look right to me for that period in time like it looks that one looks like a standard glock you know as opposed to a luger or you know i i don't know i i'm used to the yeah like world war ii guns from indiana the... jones you know <laughs> with, the, with the yeah the lugers with the long thin barrel and, and, and exactly it was exactly the same time period right as indiana jones and, uh, and I'm, I'm sure some gun people will tell me, no, look it up. And Okay, fine, whatever. For me, yeah. on, on, on first first glance, it looks wrong. Yeah. So they catch her. They, they bring her somewhere into the engine room. It's obviously an engine room of a ship. And so they handcuff her to a pole. And, and the way they handcuff her is they basically put her arms on either side of the pole and then handcuff her so she can't get herself out one way or another. And then they go up. It's like, okay. So, and she's... And it's hilarious because they just kind of stick a napkin in her mouth. And at first it almost looks like it's a little bit disturbing because it almost looks like they're going to like rape her or something. Yeah, but this would be a really awkward way to start <laughs> just, watching this just show. Just start watching the show, right. Because like they have her like butt facing the, at this point, the bad guy. And you're just like, uh, and there's two other guys there next to her kind of holding her down. And it's like, this is really like, uh, <laughs> like, I don't know what the, you know societal standards are in, in the People's Republic, but um, this is not looking good so far. But anyway, nothing happens, so they go off. So now we think this is the bad guy. And the bad guy has, like, dark glasses on. You're like, ooh. And he's smoking a lot. And then he goes, and he looks through, a win through like, a, a, a window, like a boardroom on the boat, on the ship. And he looks at the one woman first, and then he looks over, and now he's looking at a guy in a suit. And he walks up to the guy in the suit, and the guy's smoking a cigarette, and he strikes up a conversation, and what you realize is he's asking the guy for a light, right? Mm -hmm. And then he, uh, the guy hands him a, a, a box of matches. So he takes out the one match, and he strikes it, and it doesn't work. And then he puts the match down on the railing of the ship. And don't know what the significance of that is. And he takes another match on. He starts it and he lights his cigarette. This is the same guy in the terracotta suit. And he starts chatting with him. And then the other, his henchmen come around and they surround the guy. And they basically take him in and they bring him into the stateroom. And you're like, oh, wow, these guys are badasses. They're just like capturing people and putting them all over the place. Maybe their cue to grab him was that he was going to light a match. That's the cool thing. Like, mm. I'm going to light a match, and that's when you get him. 
It would have been funny if he'd have gone through like half the book at the back of the lights. Oh, oh, these shit. are wet. Son of a oh, bitch. Damn. Uh, 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 hello, um, Q. <laughs> like in Dark the Three Amigos. Like, yeah. Over here! Over here! <laughs> What's that? It's a bird. Over here! Over here! <laughs> so, um. <laughs> So they capture the guy and bring him into the stateroom, and and, and um, then does it go back? Does it go to the to the friend of the first girl? My guess is the first girl is rookie agent Rogue. That's what I'm guessing. Does it go to her, or do they show the the other woman who was the bad guy? Oh, I have no idea. You, you were eating your sandwich. I was you eating my care. sandwich. I was like, you know. Your attention was not captured I was at all. not captured, no. <laughs> so, all right. So, I'll try to muddle through. The second I realized it wasn't a rape, I was like, well, okay. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> He's joking, ladies and gentlemen. Of course, of course. <laughs> so, um, so, I think they showed the woman who ends up being kind of like the bad guy, quote unquote. For a split second. And then they show our our girl that's uh, captured and handcuffed in the engine room. Um, she has a friend looking for her. That's the that assumption. That scene is straight out of the Titanic. They did that in the Titanic. With did they? The, I know I watched the Capri. Titanic, believe it or not. Yeah, yeah. They, they, like, you know, they were like trying to, whatever the word is, there was no brig. They were like, you, you should be sent to the brig. There is no brig. And they're like, they just... Chained him to a pipe in an engine room. It's uh, like exactly the same deal. Okay. So well, anyway. So there's another woman uh, with a lovely like white bonnet on her head and a lovely blue dress, and she's quietly go and ah, ah, calling the girl. And every time somebody shows up, she shuts up and then ah, like whispering, like, "Is that really an effectual way to look for somebody? Just like walking through the various gangways of the ship and and trying to whisper it." Well, maybe quietly. she had a code as well. Maybe it was like. When I'm coming to find you, I'm gonna very, I'm gonna very quietly shout. I'm gonna call you quietly, and that'll be the cue. Quietly, <laughs> me going. Hello. Well, you know what? Hello. You're right because it is a very cloaking. And as it goes on, we realize that it's a lot more cloak and dagger than initially we thought. So anyway, so then it goes back to our girl Rogue, shall we call her? Yes. In the engine room, and oh, before the other guys left. They like shoved the napkin in her mouth, and she's like, uh, uh, and it wasn't like they even like tied it around her mouth. They just kind of tucked it in, and she's like, uh, uh, and yelling at the guy, it's like, just spit the fucking napkin out and say what you need to say. I mean, yeah. it was just really there was nothing stopping her from doing that. Nothing. No. There, there was no reason for her to have that napkin in her mouth. Never mentioned the fact that she actually had access to her hands. Like, yeah, she was, she was, you know, she was. Cuffed behind the pole, but she could have just been like, "Yeah, yeah, <laughs> right." Pull it, pull it, right, exactly. <laughs> so when we come back, the napkin, voila, is not in her mouth. It's like, okay, good move. At least the stupidity of that has yeah. been like removed from the scene. So, and then she kind of her hand, <laughs> and then it just turns into a very erotic thing. All of a sudden, <laughs> it went from being rapey to being kind of like cinemaxy because. She like feels the pole, and there's something dripping down the pole, and quite frankly, it looks like mayonnaise with something in it. <laughs> it's like this white lubricant, I suppose, because it's an engine room after all. Uh, ship juice. Ship juice. Sure, why not? Let's call it ship juice. <laughs> so, <coughs> so she sees it, and she climbs up on the railing of the the gangplank that she's on, or or catwalk, whatever. 
and she like really greases up her hands, comes down, really greases them up, and and uh, uh, <laughs> so at first she's like rubbing the pole as she's like getting the grease off, which is like it's almost like a Benny Hill sketch. Remember the old Benny Hill show uh-huh. uh, uh, with the fire when they were in the fire department. And he had the girls come down, and the girls, of course, were always in these, like, oh, yeah, yeah. stockings. And in one of the episodes, and I mean, as a little kid, you know, a 10, 11-year-old boy, that was like watching porn. Like oh, watching yeah. the old Benny Hill. Like, oh, it shows. was. There was a lot of topless women running around. In the English about. version, not in the U.S. version, oh. you know. But, I mean, yeah. So, yeah. And then the girl, she slides down the pole, and then they just reverse the film, and she goes up and down the pole a few times, and, you know, Benny does his little... <laughs> when he looks at the camera, you know, like, how did this happen? It's like, oh, oh, back gee. in the age when we all loved and laughed at the pervert. <laughs> yeah. And never mind the Me Too movement, it's like, wee! <laughs> He's a pervert! He's a pervert, <laughs> yeah. We love him! <laughs> <laughs> Who didn't love Benny Hill? I mean, oh, yeah. honestly. So... So she she's rubbing this pole, and like I said, it went from being disturbing to being oddly um, uh, 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 enticing. And she rubs her hands really well with the with, with the grease. The thing that I found actually amusing about her rubbing the the grease, she was trying really hard not to get it on her shirt. I don't know if you noticed that uh, no, because her shirt kind of like the sleeves were kind of ruffly. Yeah, and she was. Very careful about rubbing it like away from her pants, away from her shirt. And I was just like, and I was thinking to myself, okay, their clothing budget is not very like yeah strong. Yeah. So far, the camera work is doing well. You know, the scenes are shot very well. So they show her just basically rubbing this grease on. Cut back to our bad guy who caught the dude that he borrowed his uh, um, matches from. And when they showed him, they kind of flashed back and they showed the guy like, like in a in a military uniform. I guess they showed him as a Japanese spy or something. Huh. And so now they're um, in the room and the guy's all tied up. The, the guy that gave out the matches and our guy in terracotta makes this like cat of nine tails out of rope, and he like slaps it on the table. Obviously, this is the interrogation. He's going to interrogate. Oh. And before I get to that, because that, that reminded me of the other point. When they first tied up Agent Rookie, she starts struggling, and he takes his cigarette, and it goes like he's going to put it out in her eye. Yes. And so we're just like, wow, this guy's a douche. Why would he put out a girl's eye with a cigarette? Yeah, I saw that, and as I was watching it, it made me feel very uncomfortable, because I'm like, well, what, what precautions have you got there? I hope, please, that's fake. That's a fake cigarette, right? Like, oh. Right, right. So, so but he doesn't do it. That, that threat was enough to get her to shut up until they left. Yeah. So, now he's back in the room, and he shows the rope, and the dude is like, the dude is kind of beefy, he's a little bit heavy, he's completely nonplussed about, you know, him with the cat of nine tails, and then the dude again with the same thing, he has another freshly lit cigarette, and he goes and he pretends to put the cigarette in the guy's eye. Somehow the guy had a razor, like a single blade razor. Like the kind you would put, you know, scratch it off a window with, or or, or stick in the old-fashioned shaver uh-huh. in his pocket. Where it comes from, I don't know, but it kind of like fell out of his sleeve, which begets a couple of questions. One, who the fuck searched the guy? Two, how did you not feel like a, a, a square metal object like in his sleeve? I, that's kind of like, wouldn't you at least take his shirt off if you search? You know, this guy is somebody who's known. You're trying to capture this guy, whatever the case may be. Anyway, so he has the the the, the, the razor. 
And at this point, in my mind at least, he's the good guy. Because this guy already tried to put the cigarette out on girls. And so now I'm thinking, Agent Rogue, this is her traveling companion. And this guy's just an asshole and a bad guy for whatever reason. So Tubby gets his uh, 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 rope, cuts through his rope. They're trying to pour something down his throat. Like that, that was like part of the torture. And it looked like, yeah. I mean, it kind of looked like lemonade. And I don't know if it was booze or what, or some kind of tea maybe that they're trying to drug him with. Maybe that's what it was to, to get him to talk. And as they're pouring it down his mouth and he's kind of struggling, he's all tied up in a chair. He cuts through the rope and he gets loose. He kicks one of the guys away. A big fight ensues. Yeah. They're fighting, fighting, fighting. Um, and he's, he's, he's holding his own. The tubby guy, he's throwing furniture around. He's fighting these guys. They're doing well. And he gets out. In the meantime, um, our girl with the little pretty white bonnet finds, bumps into her friend, Agent Rogue, who basically, who, while, while they were showing the fight scene over there, they cut back to Agent Rogue. She actually rips her hand out through the cuffs because she greased them up so well. Yeah. And she's just like yelling something, whatever it is she's yelling. She's yelling as she's pulling it out. And it's not like, ah, like in pain, she's saying something. So like, okay. So she comes out of the engine room and the girl in the blue outfit with the white bonnet finds her. And she's like, oh my God, thank God I found you. Whatever. They go. As they walk by one of the doors, that's the door where Terracotta and his boys had the tubby guy. He busts through and he grabs Agent Rogue and puts the razor to her neck and now she's a hostage. And Terracotta guy and his boys come out, or one of his boys comes out with a gun. And he has the razor to Agent Rogue's uh, 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 neck. And he's pulling it through. All of a sudden, the whole story changes for us, right? Because we thought he was the good guy and he was with Agent Rogue. Apparently, he doesn't know her from squat. And now he's putting a razor to her neck. So, okay. And these guys are just careful in following him. So, okay, the whole scenario now changes. Now it's starting to click for me. Terracotta guy took... Agent Rogue and basically put her out of the way because she was too meddlesome and she was just going to get in the way of something. Because why would he give a shit if some random dude has a razor to her neck if, you know, he was going to kill her later anyway? Uh You know, that's when you pull out the old uh, Steven Seagal line. I don't know her. I don't give a fuck. And then you do your karate chop kind of stuff because Steven Seagal, you know, he's so (laughs) awesome. And Russian. Anyway. (laughs) So, um... So, so the tubby guy's backing out with Agent Rogue, and her friend is freaking out, and the guy's got guns on her. Now, the one woman that showed earlier, like a quick look, you saw her putting something away in a, in a, in a makeup compact. Like, she took out the actual powder, and it, it was a note of some sort that she tucked in there uh-huh. and covered it and sealed it. So, she obviously has some kind of state secret or something. And she has that in her purse, and apparently one of Ter- Terracotta's boys found her, and he has a gun on her, and so they're finding out, I guess, the, the Japanese spy ring or whatever it is. And um, he's coming up the stairs, and he sees the standoff with Tubby. Tubby comes out onto the deck of the ship, one of the one of the decks, not the top top deck, but one of the lower decks, and. Um, and then there's a standoff 
what was it? Oh, that's what it was. And, and then uh, uh, um, Agent Rogue sees that the floor has like oil on it, on the ship. Okay. And now this is kind of where you realize it, the, the camera, the filming of it is actually kind of good, right? But their gaffer is not the best because the lighting is all off now. Yeah. Because there, the camera is obviously in the shade, shooting out to the open, and it's so bright that almost everything is getting whitewashed out. Yeah. And you're like, okay, I don't know who the DP is, but <coughs> and you were even saying it. It's like, I don't know what it is that, that makes me think that this isn't the highest quality. Because the actual film is fine, but it, it, a lot of it, and I don't know if it was a choice or what, but the camera work is like when, during the standoff, like he's pulling her away, and the guy's following her, and it's that... You know, POV, the, the the point of view kind of, and the camera's a little bit shaky. It's like, it doesn't need to be shaky. You guys probably have, like, the little dollies that you can roll the camera on, or the stabilizers that you have on your shoulder. Like, we're doing, like, Captain Phillips. That's <laughs> what we're going to do. I guess. I, I, well, whatever that is. But, yeah, but then, like, they're actually on a ship, and that's why, like, they can't control the lighting so well. And so everything is looking whitewashed. And it's like, okay, this is just poor planning on their behalf. I mean... If anything, they should have had somebody with like a cover to give at least a little bit of shade so you can see it clearly. But but you know that's neither here nor there. We're already getting a little bit of an idea, like a budgetary reasons what's going on. And um, so Agent Rogue sees that she looks at something on the floor and looks like oil, grease, gas, whatever. So now I'm thinking, okay, I'm not sure. Chase. More ship juice. It could be just a different form of ship juice. So find out that actually she's a superhero, and her strange uh, power is that she has the power to summon juice from inanimate objects. objects. (laughs) But unfortunately, she's cursed because she does not have the power to summon juice from animate objects, and you know. That's just like, be very, all animal very... objects are dry up in her presence, but inanimate objects can be uh, juiced like oranges. <laughs> that would be very distracting if she could do that. <laughs> because, I mean, with the animate objects, in what form is the juice coming out in? I don't know. <laughs> if someone had too many beans, you don't want to juice that person. <laughs> so, oh my goodness. <laughs> So anyway, so she's looking at this and and um and she kind of looks at the cop and looks at the floor and he looks at the floor cuz he's got his gun trained on the guy. And the other woman that put the little secret note in the in the um compact is being held by the other guy. So now in my mind, okay, so they looted now with the matches and everything. Uh, our heroine pulled out some more ship juice. And this is supposed to be like a like a luxury cruiser, I suppose. Now it is 1937 I China. Guess. It's I guess Hong Kong or whatever. But I kind of even like on a ship like, and everyone's dressed to the T, mind yeah. you. So this obviously wasn't like a, a a thing for commoners to travel on. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. I don't. I guess the Chinese elements was confusing me. But like in the world where like Titanic was 1912. Right. Like, this is like over 20 years later, and this is supposed to be some kind of tourism boat? I mean, it looked very ramshackle to me. Well, well, that goes to the budget. 
Yeah. That yeah. doesn't go necessarily to the story. Yeah. Like, maybe it was the sort of boat that you would... I don't know, it was like a ferry for like short maybe. journeys. Right, maybe. I don't know. But the way everybody was dressed on it, these weren't commoners. No. These were people that were, well, if not necessarily rich, but that were well off. Yeah. Because they were dressed very nicely, everybody had nice suits on, everybody had, like the ladies had lovely outfits on, everybody was very dolled up. It looked like a, like a working boat to me, it looked like a fishing boat. It was like the boat in Indiana Jones, like they... they the, the, the like a shipping boat. Yeah, well, yeah. Well, it probably was a shipping boat that they got on the cheap to shoot on. Yeah. But, you know. So, anyway. Um, Agent Rogue looks at the floor. Looks at the guy, and she decides with a razor to her neck. Ne- oh, oh! So here's the reaction now. The other woman gets come up, uh, gets comes up onto the deck with one of uh, Terracotta's boys behind her with a gun on her, and Tubby sees her and he recognizes her and he sort of kind of freaks out. And Agent Rogue uses this chance to kind of knock his arm up and like elbow him, and her purse goes flying, and the two of them go over the railing, uh-huh. which I. Don't know how that actually happened. Yeah, it was very... Because it was like, one scene she was just nudging him, the next scene they were falling off the boat. Yeah, like, because... And I mean, she's a slip of a woman, right? Like, yeah. if she's 120 pounds, you know, there's no way. And he's kind of built along our lines. He's yeah. easily in the 200, 220 pound range. Yeah. If, like... And this isn't, this isn't about misogyny or sexism. It's just physics. Yes. Unless you're a trained assassin killer, there's no way you're knocking no. me over while you're giving up 100 pounds to me. No. There just isn't. So anyway, so they fall over, and the woman that has a gun train on her takes her opportunity to try to run away with it. She elbows the guy behind her and dives onto the deck because Rogue's purse came down. She takes her compact out of her purse and sticks it in Agent Rogue's purse. And then the guy gets the gun on her and gets her up like, cut your shit out, you know, whatever. And then the cops all run over to the edge and, the, and physical impossibility number two. And we even talked about this during, during <laughs> while it was happening. She's holding on to a railing like on a deck below. Yep. And the cop sees her and he basically yells, hold on. And the heavy dude is holding on to her ankle. Yeah. Now, as someone that likes to go to the gym and work out, and one of my big weaknesses is always pull-ups. Uh-huh. I can do three, four pull-ups max, okay? Yeah. And like I said, that, but, but that, that has to do with my technique more than anything, and that's, that's just been the thing. Just to hang off a pole... Like, do, do yourself a favor. If you're not one of these guys that just has amazing, like, pull-up stamina and strength, you know, these crazy guys that'll do, like, 3,000 pull-ups, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Just hang yourself from a pole. And you don't even have to be high off the ground. Do it so you're just, like, three inches off the ground. Yeah. And just run a timer and see how long you can do it. Yeah. Okay. And that's just you. You, your own weight, uh-huh. nothing else. No moving ship. No... Fear of falling into the water. Yeah. No, nothing. <laughs> Just do it. And see how long you last. Yeah. Right? She's there with a 200-pound guy hanging on her little ankle. <laughs> yeah. First of all, why her ankle is not dislocated at this point, I don't, no I don't know. And 
And this is the worst part. She's not hanging out with two hands. No. She's hanging out with one bloody hand. Yeah. And so there is that whole thing that the lighter you are, it's easier to move your body around. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. That's why on the Ninja Warriors, you never see big guys on the Ninja Warriors. Yeah. Because they just simply can't do what somebody that's smaller can do because of your strength to weight ratio is is way off. You know, you you can do as many push-ups as you want, but, you know, it's one thing to, you know, uh, 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 go hand over hand on a ladder when you're 220 pounds as opposed to when you're 150 pounds. Yeah. And if you're both approximately same height, same skeletal structure, guy with 150 pounds has a much easier job <laughs> because he has 50 pounds less to carry around. You know, it's just that simple. So she's hanging on there with one hand. <laughs> And I, and I don't remember now if that was the hand that still had a handcuffs on or not. <laughs> but, and the dude's hanging on to her. With one hand. With one, with one hand, yes, yes, yes. And yeah, try to see how long you can hold with one hand on a pole, and then on an ankle, with like skin on it. <laughs> right. Like, skin isn't the easiest thing to like. Get a grip on, like right, you know exactly. Yes, that's why that's why the movie trope is whenever it's like, give me your other hand because yeah. first of all, your adrenaline is kicking up. You're gonna start sweating like a pig. Yeah, I mean, it's just... like in Indiana Jones, the Last Crusade. <laughs> yeah, yes, yes. Right, like, uh... I can't. Yeah, honey, give me your other hand. I can't yeah. hold you. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. Because hell, you probably could maybe hold a bag. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Let exactly. Alone, you know, yeah. So. The cop, of course, in, in, in the standard TV slash movie Hollywood trope, gets there right as she loses her grip and holds on to her, and the fat guy goes falling into the water. Which they make it seem like he's fallen off a fucking Titanic, but then when you see later on the boat, which I could already tell it wasn't that big a boat, and you no. see later on, you're like, wait, 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 wait a second, that boat, he probably fell like what? He fell like... <laughs> Like nine feet into the water beneath him. <laughs> no, no, you know what? It wasn't nine. I'd say he might maybe fell. He didn't fall, fall more than thirty feet into the water. No. And I've I, I've dived off of like a sixty foot cliff. Yeah. So you know that's really nothing. You know. And he's like, ah! <laughs> you know, right, right. It's like okay, he doesn't know how to swim. Okay. <laughs> that's my only yeah. explanation because you know nothing. There's no rescue attempt. There's no like, oh fuck him. He's in the water. He's done for. You know. I don't think this boat is going anywhere. I think it's docked. I mean, who's driving the boat? I haven't <laughs> right. seen anyone there, driving the there's boat. There's no crew anywhere to be seen. <laughs> right, these guys are shooting up the ship left and right. There's no crew to be seen. Who's driving the boat? <laughs> but that's the same in any movie. Any movie with a boat and there's action. The, the What you ask is, who's driving the boat? Right. It happens in Taken, the original Taken. There, there's like a whole sequence at the end of Taken that's 20 minutes long where he's just shooting up the whole fucking boat and everyone's going crazy. And it's just like, who's driving the boat? <laughs> right. Who's just standing there like... Oh, well, better keep driving this boat. <laughs> it's true. It's true. I'm joking over here. But it's true. Yeah, there's yeah. no crew. There's no nothing. They're shooting up the place. People are falling off the boat. Yeah. And the show is like, oh, fuck it. Our job is to go from point A to point B. Yeah. What happens to you fuckers in between? We have nothing to do with that. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yes. So, uh, you know what? I'm, I'm going to finish off this Kieran, which. Nice. 
Yeah, yeah. It's, it's an easy beer. You know, it's, it's an easy, like I said, it's an easy beer, yeah. I'm going to finish this off and then we're going to go for international beer number two, yeah? Hell yes. It's the Olympics, I mean, we kind of have course. to like muscle through this, yeah? That's true, yeah. All right, all right. <laughs> 